some boys go into the liquor store where they sold their souls. Hello, and welcome to the Wet Bandits Podcast, Season 2, Episode, I forget, uh, 4, or something, no, four. no, 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 we're past that, 5? Five? 5, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. <laughs> and, then I, and then I gave away the album by letting it play just a little bit. Nobody remembers. Nobody remembers this album enough to know just from that little snippet of the intro what album we're going to talk about. So we've already recorded this before. You might hear a little less enthusiasm in our voice. That's because we've already done this whole thing once before. I'm checking right now. We are, in fact, recording. Good. I I need a little to take a tab of like wh- how... Um, or. Uh, a tab of how many times I forget to press record. Three. We, we talk about, I think it is at least three, like minimum three. I don't know, but it's too many, too darn many. Um, Sam's having trouble with his mic, er, mic stand. I'm not ready. No. Uh, are you ready now? Yep. Yeah, can you hear yourself? Yep. I can barely hear you. Really? Yeah. It's because we have different mixes. Crank that. <laughs> it's too late now. I just got to roll with it and hear you like through my headphones. So, uh, like I said, we've done this before. Who knows what, I, I don't remember what we kind of talked about as <laughs> at when we realized, <laughs> when we realized that I had, we had recorded an entire episode without me actually hitting record. Sam was like wisely said, Oh my gosh. Do you want to write down what we just did? And he wrote in big capital letters, <laughs> Creed. <laughs> and that was all he wrote. Because that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about Human Clay, which we're dubbing the second worst sophomore album of the 90s. And Oh, and Richard Patrick. <laughs> that was the other <laughs> thing we talked about. Let's start there. Let's start there. Because we'll, how we usually start every episode is talking about what we're listening to right now. And Sam, what are you listening to right now? As finally... Your internet loads, and I can see that this is actually episode seven. The confusion cool. for all of you, breaking the cocoon, is that cocoon. we are doing these out of order. So we've actually recorded like episode nine already. So anyway, this is going to be episode seven when it releases. And only today, in your lives, in the listeners' lives, episode four posted. So we're a little ahead of the game here. But anyway... Um, what are you listening, or what's in your car right now? What's in my car? Yeah, what's oh, in your car? It's, uh, that you're listening to or whatever. Physical Graffiti Disc 2. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay, so you're telling me what's actually in your car right now. Yeah. Yeah, it, yet last week when we recorded this the first time, I that know. wasn't what it was. I th- yeah, I think it was the Chili Peppers. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay, but I'm willing to talk about Physical Graffiti. Yeah. Disc 2? I'm foolish. I didn't it's a double realize, album. Yeah. I didn't realize that there were two CDs. I thought they yeah. just smashed it into one. So this one, on the first CD, it has like the monster songs. You know, the Cashmere. Yeah. Trampled Underfoot. Yeah. Houses of the Holy. Mm-hmm. Um, a song called The Rover. The Custard Pie. Yeah. These are a lot of songs that I'm sure I know if I'd heard them. Yeah. But I don't know by name. I, I'm not... The world's biggest. I don't dislike Led Zeppelin, but uh-huh. I only own Led Zeppelin Four. That's it. Hmm. 
But my dad like loves Zeppelin, so like I yeah. know all their songs. I just never, they just never did it for me. And uh, the second one is a bit, as I think the first, I think there might be six songs on the first disc, and then there's nine. Oh. On the second one, and the second disc is more like, I don't know, it's more a little bit more relaxing, mm-hmm. not intense, um, and they don't seem like, um, in a way, they seem like kind of like filler songs. Yeah. But they're. They're still really good. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've heard uh, Ten Years Gone. Yeah. That's yeah. on the second one. Okay. And then uh, the Wan Tong song, however people say that. Thong, ta thong, thong, thong. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. a jam. Yeah, people probably make that joke a lot, yeah. the thong song joke. Um, I'm here like if <laughs> – I'm pretty sure – okay, here's I'm a little more cocoon breaking. Last week – and I don't want to talk about this much longer. <laughs> but last week we recorded seven episodes seven and nine, one right after the other. Realized that I didn't record any of this episode and we finished with episode nine. So in my head, I'm not sure what we talked about on episode nine. And we and I don't want to tell you what that uh which album we talk about there, but there are things we talk about that I don't want to bring up now. Oh yeah. Because they're gonna come up later yeah. in episode nine. Yeah. And I can't remember what those things are. I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to worry about it that much, but what I am, it bears repeating, I suppose. One thing we always talk about is how I I boasted that we're going to be on YouTube and stuff, <laughs> and it's never happened, and it probably never will. But right now we're recording, and if you're watching me on the recording, I've got this glass of wine here that's very full. <clears throat> and I'm nervous that we're going to shake the table and it's going to spill. Shake that's why the I, table. That's why I had to just take a sippy. Is it good? Yeah, it's good. I mean, I'm not like a wine connoisseur. It's, but it's good. Yeah, yeah. I'm drinking it because I'm trying to lose a little bit of the weight. And uh, <laughs> so, why is wine part of your diet? And the reason is because I, you know, every night I gotta have a drink of something. Uh-huh. We had this wine at the house, and I opened the bottle. Once you open the bottle, you gotta drink it. You know, so it's not like it stays good for very long. So I had a glass last night and now I, you know, now that it's open, I got to drink it. So I got to take any opportunity I have. I can't have a sweet Bud Light like you. Dude, I would rather have your drink. No, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you could. There's a cork in it now because I broke the cork. Extra flavor. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Fancy restaurants that they just, they just started doing that. Yeah, (laughs) squeeze in there. (laughs) Could you imagine like some like fancy people going out there and... Poking the pork. Yeah. Poking the pork, <laughs> poking the cork. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can imagine it now, and I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah. So what am I listening to? Um, well, last week I said, and you guys don't know this, but last week I said Shed 7. And I'm going to say it again because it's worth repeating. Um, they are a British band, 90s band. Um, I was introduced to them at work. They... And it was just this one song called Chasing Rainbows, which is um which is a really good tune. You should it that tune in it on itself is worth checking out. And if you want to check out the band like I did, um it's it's worth they're worth listening to. I mean they're not groundbreaking or anything, but it's good like nineties pop that's smart. So it, it's it's uh, intelligent songwriting and, and good musicians and all that. Um I would add that my listening has really 
taking a nosedive this week because instead of listening to things, I've been watching YouTube. I watched the entire season, first season of Cobra Kai in one sitting. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I would expect you wouldn't. My favorite. Do you know what my favorite movie is of all times? No. Karate Kid. Oh, really? Yeah, Karate Kid's my favorite that, movie of all time. That's eighties. It's eighties, yeah. yeah. But that's the thing. Like, um, children of the nineties weren't born in nineteen ninety. Like, no offense, mm-hmm. guys, but like when you have your your formative years are in the nineties, you were actually born in the eighties. Yeah. So like. Well, depending on what you mean by formative, I suppose your personality is formed probably for most people before they're five or whatever. But you get what I mean. Yeah. Like the music you're listening to usually it usually takes over your life after age 10 or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but yeah, Karate Kid's my favorite movie. Has been for a long time. Cobra Kai is a YouTube original series. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. Um, and it's been out for a while. I yeah. just didn't watch it because I was like, well, I, Karate Kid's my favorite movie. I don't want to watch old Karate Kid. Uh-huh. It's going to be lame. And then I watched, I don't know, kind of because I was bored and I just bought YouTube TV. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, like this it? is on there. Yeah, I do. Um, but uh, I just watched the first. It took me 11 minutes. I actually stopped the show to tell my wife, like, you should watch this. It was 11 minutes in. And I was like, sold. Oh, yeah. Sold. Yeah. It's funny. It's fun. Karate Kid's not very funny. I mean, there's parts of it that are meant to make you laugh, but it's more it's more like cute. It's oh. not funny. Like Cobra Kai is genuinely like pretty funny in some mm-hmm. parts, but it still has like a good story to follow. So I watched Cobra Kai in one sitting from like eight o'clock at night to like two in the morning. Damn. Yeah. It was. Um, I mean, I'm not proud of it. It's <laughs> Dude, you need that. Yeah. Yeah, and so I season two, which is already out, I'm taking a much more measured approach. <laughs> I've only watched. You gotta like save it, episodes. bro. Yeah, dude, everybody's guilty of binging. Yeah, on yeah, TV I'm, series. I'm not like a binge TV watcher, yeah. but that was the bingiest yeah. I've ever. Outside of when I was introduced to Lost, dude, that's the first like series I've ever watched like in in, in its entirety. Dude, I actually think that Lost is one of the. the I did. Did Lost create binge watching? I don't. I don't I think know. Netflix hit. did. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't. Um, I am not an expert on television, but I feel like Lost was such like a cultural phenomenon that like people um, that once everyone realized it was a show that everyone liked, the people who weren't into it until season four or whatever, oh. like me. Um, had to binge watch it uh-huh. to like catch up before the finale. And then the people who were into it wanted to binge it so that you could catch all the things you missed the first time. Uh-oh. When you want, I actually think Lost is better binge watched because so many things happen that connect each yeah. episode that if you watched it from week to week, you'd forget that kind of thing. It helps a lot to be able to mm-hmm. watch it like one after the other. Um, and you said Netflix created binge watching, like, yeah, but. I Netflix. I don't know how much streaming they were doing during Lost. I think I, I'm under the impression they were still mostly in the male. DVD oh, you're still so, you're talking it like in the time. Yeah. yeah. So like I was watching Lost on DVDs. Yeah. Like my buddy lent them to me, and it changed my life. Yeah. And Dude. then it changed my wife's life. Like w- ten years after Lost was over, 
She was like, I'm just not into it. And then we she watched it and we binged that. Dude, that hatch, bro. That <laughs> fucking hatch. It's like, what the? I know. John Locke, one of the best characters yeah. in television history. Oh, my gosh. So, anyway, enough about that. Let's talk about Richard Patrick, who we also have mentioned already. Um, if you guys follow us on Instagram, we we posted a picture or we always post a picture when an episode goes out that kind of represents what we're talking about. And when we posted the <laughs> the uh, fifth worst and fifth best album that we reviewed, we talked about Stone Temple Pilots Purple as the fifth best sophomore album. And then Filter's title of record is the fifth worst. And uh, just decided to hashtag Richard Patrick uh-huh. on that. And he liked it. He liked that photo. So the debate now... As I've and I've been doing this, the debate now is: Does Richard Patrick just hat like everything that he that is hashtagged with his name? Yeah. So far, no. So far, he has not oh. liked anything else we've done. So maybe he actually like looked into it and listened to it and saw that we crapped on his album. Maybe he thought Stone Temple <laughs> oh, yeah. Purple was the fifth worst, and his like, was oh the yeah, fifth they best. they have to be the fifth. Yeah, this arguably classic album yeah. is probably the fifth worst sophomore album and ours that we never ever recovered from is uh-huh. the fifth best. That's probably, that's probably what he was thinking. And last episode, when we recorded this the first time we talked about how, yeah, it's one thing to like search your mentions in Instagram, but Richard uh-huh. Patrick is clearly like searching his hashtag yeah. to find yeah. likes, which is, that's another story too. Which just I, I can just picture him like sitting in a, in a chair at two a.m. like just scrolling through his phone. Yeah, just listening to his own albums. Yeah, yeah. Like you want to take my yeah. picture, cause I want. Oh, hashtag Richard Patrick. Like, yep. I won't remember. Yeah, that's what, probably what he does. Yeah. So anyway, that's the news in our world, which we always got to get out of the way. But it's important because we want. Like this, th- if nothing else, this podcast is about checking out things that you've forgotten about or that you never got a chance to listen to um, or watch if you're talking about The Karate Kid. I can't recommend it highly enough. <laughs> and that brings us to uh, the second worst sophomore album that we're talking about. As we've already mentioned, we're talking about Creed's Human Clay. It bears repeating, even though we do it every episode when we talk about the worst albums, that the reason it is the it's getting listed among the worst sophomore albums is because of the anticipation created by the first one. There are certainly worse sophomore albums out there than human clay, but not by a bigger band at the time. Mm-hmm. Like my own prison was Creed's first album and it was humongous. And this one managed to be even bigger. So, uh, we didn't, the first time around, we didn't listen to anything off this album. I think we should this time, even though, I don't know. Did you listen to it anymore? No. No? I said, dude. You'd never listen? <laughs> probably never listen to it again. <laughs> yes. This this album fell into the same as Candlebox's Lucy realm where we were like, how do we judge this? Well, would we ever listen to it again? No. Yeah. Now, and I told you that I did listen to Lucy again, yeah. even though I said I wouldn't. I will listen to Human Clay again. I'm pretty sure. If for no other reason, then there is something unique about creed and i don't think i said this last time um but part of the problem with candle lucy is that it is just like generic 
and totally yeah. uninteresting. Creed is uninteresting, but it's not super generic. It is generic. That's the wrong word. And I said, um, I say a lot on this podcast that something is derivative. And w- what I felt about human clay is not that it's derivative. I feel, although it is somewhat, but it's not, I don't think they're. Uh, consciously ripping anyone off. I think it's formulaic. I think that they follow a pretty specific formula and do it with like every song. Now, I actually, when I revisited this, I was expecting a very specific formula. And instead, I got a bunch of songs that, you know, were more different than I expected. I always expect a Creed song to go undistorted, intro and verse undistorted referring to the guitar sounds for those of you who aren't familiar so undistorted intro verse undistorted chorus undistorted verse distortion the rest of the way out come in with a distorted second chorus then usually a guitar solo or a bridge or something and then two choruses and then the song's over like that is the creed formula and they don't actually follow it as often on this album as i thought they did um but Nevertheless, there's still half the songs are like that. Um, I don't know. Have you, have you, you can either, <laughs> I'll give you the option. Do you want to reflect? Have you reflected more on this since we talked about no. it last? Or do you want to just rehash what you said the first time? Because I'm fine with you just rehashing. Yeah, yeah dude. I, uh, I thought it sounded the same as the first one. Yeah. You know, just like the first, it's a good sound, mm-hmm. you know, but it's just like a, another one <laughs> yeah you know what i mean yeah it is it's the it's just another one yeah yeah and when when you say good sound um do you mean the songwriting do you mean the yeah s- okay. i mean i think the musicians are good yeah i do too yeah. the um with the exception of scott Stapp, which Dude, we'll i like into. him i know you do yeah i know you do uh and i think s- mark tremonti has like a signature prs guitar and i think that was mostly because of the fame that came with uh, as I dig some cork out of my wine. Uh, part of the, f- I don't know, the notoriety that came with being famous with Creed. He is a good guitar player that is capable of like, shredding in mm-hmm. technical terms, but I've just never, I'm not into him. He's yeah. just like a, a halfway decent player. And I honestly, it's it's a stereotype. Like he looks like such a bro. I think that's what like he he's muscly. He wears like wristbands, like not dude. not like studded, but like sweatbands. Like he's a bartender. Dude, I totally think Michael Anthony looks like a dad. He does. On stage, he, he does not look like a rock star. Yeah, Michael Anthony, bass player from Van Halen in the Circle. Uh, yeah, he does look like a dad, but he's he's really old. Like yeah. he's allowed to look like a dad now. He still like looked like a dad in the eighties. Yeah, it's kind of true. He's kind of like fat Michael Bolton. Yeah, well, I'm, I just said that because, what's his name, Michael Bolton? Yeah. He's like, he is equivalent to a bro as Michael Anthony is equivalent to a dad. Oh, oh, I um, got you. You mean Mark Tremonti. Oh, Michael shit. Bolton sings, what am, I, what am I saying, dude? I mean, the you know, Michael Bolton remade that song. But anyway, I get you. Yeah. I get you. Except that I, you're right, but I... I don't know. I don't find the bro aesthetic yeah. to be acceptable. Well, that's probably like the uh, leading into the 2000s. That was probably like the look people started. Yeah. 
you know, maybe like the grunge I don't remember shit, that, and then yeah, yeah, I don't know. You could be right. I'm definitely. I already said I'm not an expert on pop culture television. I'm not also not an expert on '90s fashion, I suppose, or going yeah. into 2000s fashion as this would be. So, anyway, uh, my own prison comes out. It is. I loved it. My friends really liked it. Okay, I shouldn't say I loved it. Like, there are some... My Own Prison, the song, is fabulous. Then Torn came out, which was the second single. It was really good. The singles were strong. The other tracks on the album were not as good. So you had you had that with My Own Prison, the album. Then you Creed comes out with Hum- Human Clay, and it is an enormous success. 11.5 million albums sold. So commercially, not a sophomore slump. It's just that, it's just that. First of all, you only get three singles off of it, which are actually. Let's just play a little of those. Um, the the three singles are, what if, higher. I'm gonna play higher first because higher is the one that I, virtually everyone would remember. I think so. Here's a little of that. I didn't explain that well enough. What I meant was a lot of people might not know that song by name, but when they hear it, they'll know what it is. Because the one people will know by name is With Arms Wide Open, which is this one. Listen to that heartbeat. Did you hear that? You need to hear that again. It starts with a heartbeat, bro. Oh, my God. Do you know whose heart is beating there? Who? His baby's. You can still hear it. You should talk over this. Like I am talking over it right now. <laughs> baby is born. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's kind of telling us the yeah. story. The news today it seems my life is gonna change. I close my eyes, begin to pray. We're gonna get to the chorus here. Then tears of joy stream down my face where longs upon undistorted verse into an undistorted voice. You know what's gonna come after this? A distorted verse into a distorted Okay. So those were the two huge singles off this album. And this is the part where I, I'm going to mention that what bothers me most about Scott Stapp is that he sings every line the exact same way. And, that, and I meant to look up, I meant to like listen to the harmony a little bit better. Or not the harmony, but the vocal line a little better. And actually figure out the interval. I think it's a major third. But every line ends with him dropping a note like a major third or some s- specific interval. So to use with arms wide open as a reference, and I don't know the words, so I have to look at them, but like 
the first line is, Well, I just heard the news today. It seems my life. And every single line ends, like, instead of, like, it seems my life. And just holding that note, it's uh-huh. always, like, a drop. And it seems my life. Like, that is so lazy and, <laughs> and un- lazy. Uh, you know I hate laziness from being on. Uh, uh, that's one of my biggest pet peeves with musicians in general is mm-hmm. when they just, they find something that they think works and they do it all the time. Oh, yeah. And he really does that all the time. It is such a crutch for him. Uh-huh. I. And I think what it is, I'm not a lead singer, obviously, but I've sang some leads and I've had to record some vocals before, and and a lot of times, it can f- you are pretty vulnerable when you're hanging on one note, like when you have to hit a note and hang on it oh, and yeah. stay there, you feel like it could you don't want it to fall off. Mm-hmm. It's much easier, and and you'll stay in tune better if you can move it a little bit. Yeah. So he. I think he uses that as a crutch to like drop that note down. Um, so, and he's not technically good. You know what I mean? Like this is not a, a, uh, someone who went to, I don't know, maybe he took vocal lessons, but is he's that not him like, right there. No, that's him. Oh. Um, Sam's li- for those listening on the podcast, Sam's looking at the pictures of the guys in the album. Yeah. So he's not like a classically trained singer like the D he's not classically trained to rock yeah. your, fucking socks off you know but he will give you a taste so that is my biggest pet peeve about him the other thing that really bothers me and let's listen to some what if to illustrate this but and in fact i'll say what i'm gonna say beforehand so you can imagine it in your minds while we play it the other thing that bothers me about scott stapp is the i don't know if it's that he's pretentious or what but what what annoys me is is <laughs> but most times when bands record the instruments get laid down first and then vocals are put down over them and i i always imagine scott stapp in the vocal booth like singing these lyrics and the other bandmates watching him yeah and listen and just his isolated vocal and being like what the hell yeah. is he doing <laughs> so here's a little bit of what if the third single from this album, which is also kind of the most, it's the best single, I think. This is pretty metal. It's yeah. coming with this intro that kind of doesn't. Feel. Pretty cool riff, actually. Obviously, drop D. Yeah.
so I'm just you know I just sit here thinking about him with the isolated vocal like I can't find yeah. the rhyme and know my reason like he that isn't how he talks and I don't know why that bothers me so much but I it just seems like an act and I don't know I just don't like it yeah also you don't like it no you do you like Scott well, he's your favorite singer Dude, he is, dude. Right behind James yeah. Hetfield. Dude. He just does a good job of ripping it off. Well, that's, you yes. Know? So I think anybody that does that and takes advantage of that, I mean, if I could do that, I would do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you can't blame the guy for, like... I know. I know. I threw it out there like a challenge to you. Uh-huh. Like, like, hey, man, you like this guy now. <laughs> Own it. And you... And as soon as you said, as soon as you started to say, like, he's doing what they do. Yeah. Like, that's true. Like that is it's appropriate yeah. for Creed music. So like, I get it. Um, but they fell off a cliff after this. This is that's why I think you can call this a disappointment because. <laughs> now we looked this up. Their next album still sold like <laughs> seven million or something, but but Creed, they were the biggest band in the world for a little bit, and and no one will admit to liking them now. Like they, yeah, six million. Creed, Creed's third album sold six million, and it's just like. That they went on a reunion tour and they had to like cancel it because no one was buying tickets. Like that, I I don't think I have ever seen a band go from first to worst like that. Yeah, and it started here. You know, like even though Weathered was popular, I think you're always going to have some hangers on who are like, "Well, that one wasn't that good, but maybe we mm-hmm. get the third one and try again." You know, but. Obviously, it didn't save them because maybe the reason we haven't mentioned this yet. Maybe oh, the reason shit. this album did so bad is because it's the worst album cover in history, dude. I, when I saw this album cover, I thought it was like a kid in college. I was like learning how to do this stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like okay, CGI was yeah. not. I mean, CGI for moving pictures like movies was not new. Like it wasn't, it was new, but it wasn't brand new in uh. 1999. And this is a still photo of it's bad CGI yeah. is, is what it looks like. It is so awful. I mean, they've had, they had to make it like this, like look cheesy. Like on purpose, right? Yeah. Because you can't imagine someone approved of that. Yeah. You can't, I just don't think. Like it's like, is this the best you got? And then the person's <laughs> like. No, I was like, okay, good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then and then they just kept missing the deadline and yeah. missing the deadline. Like, look, we got to put it to press, and that's what they ended up with. Yeah. That is so bad. I'm looking at it again. We're gonna post this. I'm sure. It's it's awful. I might get this T-shirt. Oh, that would be so funny. <laughs> a Creed T-shirt. I I mean, if we covered a Creed song, I wouldn't even be mad about it. Yeah. But but um but we we our logo is better than this and our album cover would be way better than that. Dude, just put the bandit head right there. Oh yeah. Yeah, doing it. It's done. Consider it done. So I don't there's not really much else to say about this. It's kind of it's kind of um 
not fair that usually our episodes or or the portions where we talk about the least favorite albums are not as long and probably not as interesting sorry as the ones that we like um but creed they do have this other like interesting side story that we can't get into too much because i know for a fact we do talk about it in episode nine but there was a lead oh, in yeah. from this episode where we kind of ask if creed is a christian band or not and the reason we started talking about it is I had friends in high school who would not listen to Creed. They Creed is objectively the kind of music they liked, but they wouldn't mm-hmm. listen to Creed because they were a Christian band, according to them. I don't think Creed ever admitted to being a Christian band or ever wanted that kind of publicity. The, Scott Stapp, I believe, is the son of a pastor or a priest or something. So, uh, but but that I give him, you know, you could have all the religious lyrics you want. Yeah, that's a part of his life. Mm-hmm. So, and if you're writing about your life and your dad is a clergyman, like, of course you're going to have religious references in your music. So, I, I, I get that. I don't, and you, I don't think it's fair to fault them for that. But, but are they a Christian band? I mean, let's think about Faceless Man is the sixth, uh, sixth song in his, you know. One could easily argue that the faceless man is the devil or oh. some like he stands against the faceless man. The faceless man makes him do all these, you mm-hmm. know, wants him to do all these things. Can you take me higher to a place where blind men can see Yeah, place with the golden streets? Yep. Uh, with arms wide open. Yeah. That's about bringing um, a child into the world. But th- mm-hmm. there's also like the way he sings about it is like this, like magical, uh, you know, uh, you know, people when they, you know, have a baby. They say things like, oh, we're so blessed. Like, it's very rarely do I hear people say like, thank God for the science of the sperm fertilizing (laughs) the egg. Like, they always say like, God has blessed us. Like, Mm -hmm. so singing a song like that in that way sounds somewhat religious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wash away those years. Like, that sounds like baptism. Um, There's a whole bunch of references. Was the first one like that? Um... That's a good question that I wasn't... No. Yeah. No. I mean, there were religious references. Like, My Own Prison talks about, like... Um, uh, gosh, I can't remember all the references, but My Own Prison is almost exclusively, if I remember correctly, sort of like being judged by angels. Not by God, but mm. like Gabriel. Yeah. Like, um, and so, yeah, there's lots of religious references there. But if I remember correctly, My Own Prison was more... Um, social, I guess. Like more, all Creed stuff is kind of like uplifting, or it has like a sort of inspirational tilt to it. Mm. But I don't remember all the religious references, so maybe we've missed something. Maybe like it really was the religious stuff that made them fall off a cliff. I don't know. But anyway, are they a Christian band? Without getting too much into what a Christian band is, no. I don't think so either. No. Because they, they flat out said they're not. Yeah. <laughs> I think if you deny it, I think there's nothing. I don't think there are a lot of things less Christian than denying that <laughs> that's what you're uh-huh. doing. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. So uh, not that Christians can't be jerks, but Scott Stapp is, by all accounts, a pretty big jerk. Oh, really? Yeah, like, 
I wish I could. I can't remember. There was a radio. Well, we're in Columbus, for those of you who don't know. Um, there was a radio host on the Blitz mm-hmm. in Columbus, 99.7, the Blitz, um, in their morning show who had to meet Scott Stapp for some reason. And it there was a great, great story about Scott Stapp being really drunk in the trailer. Oh, really? Like, yeah, like being just a horse's ass kind of thing. And I and I had heard that, or heard similar stories from elsewhere. And the reason Creed's bass player left after this album was because of infighting with Scott Stapp. So it sounds like Scott Stapp is the root of a lot of problems with Creed, and maybe why they didn't continue on. Yeah. And, um. And he's the one with all the religious writing, you know. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know either. Uh. One other thing I kind of want to add is that um, Alter Bridge. Are you familiar with Alter Bridge? That's uh, Miles Kennedy, right? It is Miles yeah. Kennedy and Creed. Oh, like really? Creed's the backing band. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So they're like Creed's version of Audio Slave. Yeah. Except they got Miles Kennedy instead of Scott Stapp. And the reason I bring that up is because it's like, wait a minute. That Miles Kennedy is good. Yeah. Like a good singer. He's got a kind of a different voice. Right. He's kind of got like a younger, like Lane Staley ish actually where, where he's kind of like higher. His register. I don't know what you want to call it. I don't know. But they, they, I mean, I'm shocked that you'd heard of them. Dude. Slash. He's the singer in Slash's band. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I saw them too. Yeah. I saw, uh, I don't know if they were called Snake Pit when I saw them. I'm not sure. I think it's it was like, like sli- Mi- Slash and Miles Kennedy. And the Conspirators or something yeah, like that. Something yeah, something like that. I had to take a drink there. I we don't have a producer to edit that out. so. Yeah. I uh, uh, I guess Miles Kennedy was like jammed with Led Zeppelin. Oh, yeah? Well, not Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Jimmy Page, John Paul Jones, and Jason Bonham. Yeah. I guess they were talking about getting some sort of like Led Zeppelin experience thing going okay. on. Okay. Yeah, so anyway, for those of you who don't know, Miles Kennedy is very good. Yeah. And you would think that you could take Creed, put them with a good singer, and make a better band. But there must be some Scott Stapp magic in there because Alter Bridge didn't really go anywhere. Yeah. Or maybe people were just tired of that sound. Maybe the sound maybe the tipping point for that kind of sound just happened. And that's why Creed Disappeared. Disappeared into the darkness. They melted like human clay. Dude. <laughs> I don't know. Dude. Th- what are we going to do? <laughs> We've already spent <laughs> like a full two minutes reenacting pieces of Tenacious D's. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Post-apocalypto. We can't do it again. I don't know, man. I This... this I will listen to it again because actually upon re-listening to this, I actually enjoyed it more than mm-hmm. I thought I would. But it is, it, this might sound backwards, but it's totally unmemorable. Like there's, there's songs on, um, there's songs on my own prison that are like new-ish for the time and unique and cool. Like I will always kind of like my own prison, the song. But, like these songs, especially the ones that aren't singles, are just like your average run of the mill, yeah, inspirational new metal, which yeah. is a niche that no one needs. This is new metal, 
I think that if you Googled Creed, it will be called, they would be considered new metal. What do you think? No, they might be called like post grunge. That's kind of like an Ooh, easy yeah. classification. Yeah, definitely. You guys wondering what they're going to be classified? Because I am about to Google that on the slowest internet connection in the world. Dude, it's because of that microwave. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. what I read anyway. I don't yeah, know if we're that's behind true. the microwave. Someone just pull my leg. Yeah. I don't know. It could be true. Anyway. The radiation. Yeah. Um, oh, there it is. There's a picture of This Is Great Radio where we're talking about pictures we can see on the internet. Um, Wikipedia just calls them an American rock band. Did you see that picture of Mar- Mark Tremonti that came up? No. Oh, my God. Just such a... Look at him. Look at his stupid goatee. Is that the bro? That's the bro. I mean, isn't he a bro? Yeah, dude. Look at his guns. Look at his necklace. That chin strap, bro. Oh, my God. This is awful. So, anyway, yeah, they're just called a... Oh, Creed is often recognized as one of the prominent acts of the post-grunge movement. Yep. So, I guess that's what you call him, post-grunge. It's a little lazy, just like Creed. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You have anything else to say about Creed? Nope. No. Um, I don't either. Yeah, dude. Uh, this is pretty. Uh, I mean, it was okay. It's like, I I will say this. It's like pizza. Pizza always tastes good. Hell yes, you man. Know? Yeah. But it's not the best pizza. That is. That's a really good way to describe you know? this. It is like pizza. It is like pizza because I can listen to it and generally not even just tolerate it. Yeah. I actually turned it up kind of loud in yeah. my car. If you listen to some of these songs loud, it's like, okay, kind of like if I go to Little Caesars and get a hot and ready. Exactly. It's like, okay. Yeah, like okay. This, yeah I'm yeah. into this. We're getting somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but then if I'm like starving, yeah. if I haven't had pizza in a long time and I'm like, Damn, I just want a good ass pizza. Yeah. And then you bring me little Caesars. I'll eat it, uh-huh. but I'll be a little disappointed. It's not satisfying. No, <laughs> no. Yeah. I want some gourmet shit. And human clay, not gourmet. Not gourmet. That <laughs> human that, clay, not, not gourmet. gourmet. There we go. This whole episode was worth it yeah. now. Just so we could say human clay, not, not gourmet. gourmet. All right. Do you have anything else? Dude, get wet. Good news. We've been recording this whole time. Get ready. Uh, hold on. Next week, we're going to be recording an episode while we drive. It's going to be very exciting. Dude. Something for you to listen to. That That's actually going to be next. This is episode seven. That's going to be episode eight. Dude. So get ready for next week's episode called Mike and Sam Take a Trip. Take a trip, bro. Yep. You are going to enjoy it. I'm certain of that. You'll enjoy it more than Creed's stupid second album, Human Clay. What'd you say was your final word, Sam? Get wet. Get wet. I got a story. Story once was told. Two young boys go and two. They sold their souls And I got a story